Hi, and welcome back, beautiful friends. Today, we are going to talk about why it's so important for us to be connected to the land, to connected to nature, and to our food. I think so many of us have gotten away from that, right? Unless you live on a farm or unless you started homesteading, which we've started doing that on a very small scale. But this is what I want to talk about today because I'm seeing so many um, godly truths being uncovered as I'm starting or growing in my gardening, in my vegetable gardening journey and knowledge. I'm so much so a newbie at this, but I'm just seeing so many parallels to our spiritual growth. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what He has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited, and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God, and your family. This is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen, and let's be encouraged. All right, let's jump into today's episode. So I guess let's start off first. Let me rewind a little bit and tell you where we're at with gardening and this sort of thing. So my history in this is I'm a great herb gardener, right? I have great herbs in my backyard. I could always have more, but those are easy. Usually herbs are easy to grow unless it's something like cilantro, which doesn't really like the heat. So a lot of us try cilantro in the summer and we wonder why it's not doing well. So there are some herbs that aren't as easy to grow in all, all times of year and in all um, you know, zones, I guess. But my past with vegetables has been hot and cold. So I've tried growing you know, very few vegetable plants in the past, some tomato and pepper and cucumber and things like this. Here's my experience in the past. My plants looked great, right? They got really big, but I was, they weren't bearing fruit. They weren't giving me a great crop. So it was a lot of prep work at the beginning or so I thought I was preparing properly. And then I wasn't getting much to show for it. So to be honest, I was probably just wasting money. You know, I was buying the seeds or the plants, spending time watering it, and I wasn't getting much from it. And if you think about it, that could be much like our spiritual faith journey feels like sometimes, right? Like we feel like we're squeezing the end of a lemon and we're not getting much out or we're not, we're not growing in our faith or we're putting the time in, but something just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like where we want to be. So what's changed from the past with my vegetable gardening, um, a trials and attempts versus now. Oh, one other thing I should mention is the other issue is I would start getting fruit sometimes from these plants, but then the pests or disease would come and I don't, I didn't know much about it because I was new to gardening or newer to gardening. And so even if I started off with what appeared to be a good garden, I was missing some really key important things so that my plants were more susceptible to pests and disease. And I think that's the same in our spiritual lives. If we aren't prepared, if we haven't done the preparation and we don't continue to nurture our spiritual, you know, our mindset and what we're filling ourselves up with, right? God's word, we find ourselves more susceptible to, uh, you know, just 
sin and to evil and things like that. And don't get me wrong, we are all sinners, right? I'm, you know, I'm surely not saying if we are prepared and we're in God's word that we'll never sin. But what I'm saying is we're more open to spiritual attack. All right. So here's what I'm learning is there are parts of gardening and there's, it's so much aligns with what we, what we see the stories in the Bible. So the first thing is to have a great vegetable garden, to have a great garden, even, even flowers as well. First of all, it starts with your preparation. All right. And so this is much like the stories in the Bible, especially one that comes to mind for me is the story of Esther, where when she went to basically be in the king's quarters with all the other women that he was then going to decide who he would marry. It, I think it was something like a year, right, of her preparation to be that, that she then became chosen. And a lot went into that. But, you know, so she had these seasons during the stories of her in the Bible of preparation in her life. And so many other stories in the Bible speak to that as well. So for a garden, what I've learned, right, and people that have farmed or had gardens for a long time, they know these things. But for those of us that are new at gardening or starting to consider doing some homesteading type stuff, right? Whether you can, or if you have more property, maybe you've gotten animals now and things like that. We live in a neighborhood, so we're not rural. So for us, it's going to be things like gardens and then you know, doing canning and things like that. But here's what you have to do to have a good uh, garden, right? You have to do the preparation. You have to have good soil. You have to add nutrients. And then you know, of course you have to have, you know, seeds that are good. They can't be seeds that are past so many years in most cases, unless you kept them stored in a different way. And then you have to water it, right? You have to continue to water it, weed it, and you have to watch over, watch over it. So that's the first season is this preparation. And I think in our spiritual journey, there will be seasons where God's preparing us for something. So maybe we feel like, or you feel like you're in a slow season, a, a season where you feel like nothing's happening and you're questioning, God, what's next? And it doesn't feel like there's any movement. Maybe it feels like there's stagnation around you and you're, you're impatient. I've been there. I still feel that way right now with some of the things that I'm working on. You know, is this where I'm meant to be? Should there be you know, other or more opportunities, you know, so I guess I'm getting a little impatient, right? I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm wondering why it's not a, a season of movement, but the truth is, is a lot of times God is preparing us for something to come and we have to be patient. So the next thing is um, you have a waiting season, right? So as you're tending to your garden. So once you've prepared your garden and you've started it and you see these baby little seedlings take hold and grow, you have to nurture them. You have to wait many days, right? It could be 40 days or 30 days or 60 or 120 days or longer. Garlic takes months and months to get to full harvest, but we have, there's a waiting season. And in that season, you still have to water your plants. You have to keep it clear of pests and disease. You have to learn what to do when you get these different pests and diseases and you have to act promptly. That's the other thing that I'm learning is uh, two of my plants had, I think it's called powdery mildew or something like that. But I didn't realize until it was over lots of leaves what was going on. But now I've learned more, right? I'm still learning. 
I've learned that you have to clip off those leaves that are diseased. And then of course, now I have some organic product to put on it if my plant gets that, you know, and then ways to try to minimize the chances of that. But it's the same thing. We, in our in our walk with the Lord, we will have waiting seasons. You know, we'll have preparation, but we'll also have waiting, right? A time where there's probably slow growth within us, a change needs to happen. And at first it might be hard to realize that we're in a season of waiting. We're in a season that God is making a change in us, right? And we have to obviously be open to that change. It could be that we need to, you know, forgive someone. It could be that we need to still learn a lesson. It could be that the door, the opportunity is not, it's not time yet. So when we find ourselves in that season, I think we just have to continue to be, um, try to be consistent, right? So much like gardening, we just show up every day and we do our best to, you know, get with the Lord, right? To listen to him, to have time to listen, to have time to pray to him and talk to him and to get in his word. So in those seasons, we just keep showing up, right? And do the work. We just keep doing the work and having the relationship with him. And then during that waiting season, as I said about watering the plants and weeding and um, checking for pests, we have to tend to, you know, that's sort of what I was just talking about. So in the waiting, usually we're tending to things, right? So we have to tend to our heart. We have to protect our heart. We need to try to make time and space in our schedule to listen to the Lord, to get quiet and to find time to get into his word. Okay. And then another thing that I'm still learning in gardening is many plants you have to prune, you know, especially it's Beth Moore's book about, I think it's called Chasing, uh, is it called Chasing Vines? Let's see. Yeah. Chasing Vines. But she talks about this a lot about the pruning of the grape uh, trees, because if you don't do that at a certain time, then you'll get this great big plant without the fruit, right? You won't get a lot of fruit. It's the same with certain vegetable plants or fruit trees. You have to prune them. That's still new for me. But one of the reasons why some of my plants weren't producing as much fruit is because all of its energy was getting, was being put into this big plant instead of the parts of the plant that had the fruit on it. So in other words, there was no energy left to make the fruit, fruit vegetables bigger. And so we have to learn that pruning is okay. It's a good thing with our plants, with our garden, but also within ourselves because pruning allows time and the things that need to be gone to be gone, right? So it allows us to remove the old or the dead parts you know, the things that are no longer serving who we are and who God's shaping us to be, right? It's so pruning while we remove these old parts of us that God's changed within us, it allows for new growth. It allows for the right growth. And so much like gardening, pruning is a part of the process, right? It's it's a part of growth within us. And so we should welcome that in. We should welcome this change within us. And after pruning, right, and we keep tending and we wait, eventually is the harvest season. Now, of course, most vegetables and fruit have different harvest seasons. You don't just plant your stuff and then it's all in the same week. One, I think we wouldn't be able to manage that, right? If you have a 
good sized garden or a big property, you know, big farm. So it's different times or different plants are you harvest at different times. And some of them have more than one harvest, like lettuces and things. But the harvest season, right? That's finally when we sort of get to see all of our consistent work, our knowledge of the soil and the nutrients and weeding and watching over it. That's finally when we get the payday, if you will, of this, you know, this plentiful harvest that God has provided through these plants and vegetables. And, you know, he ta- there's many parts of scripture that talk about, you know, gardening and having uh, food that God will provide for us. And I think one of the things is too many, of us, too many of us have gotten too far away from the land, from how our food is made, from putting our hands in the dirt, right? To picking a fruit, you know, a tomato off the vine, you know, and tasting it or, you know, a snap pea or something. So why does this matter? Because I get it. A lot of us, you know, we think, oh, I don't have that kind of environment. Maybe you live in an apartment and you don't have a, you know, a yard or maybe you have a yard and you've tried to grow things and it's just not worked. But what I do know is this, that I think we were all made to be part of this process, to use our hands in some way, right? That could be baking bread, that could be making art, writing, anything. But I think part of this was we were meant to be more connected to our, to the land and to our food, right? And there's so many reasons for this. So if you've never gardened, I would encourage you to garden. It can be two pots, you know, but maybe do a little herb garden. If you've already gardened, keep at it. I think it's, it parallels so well to our spiritual growth. And I think gardening, gardening, uh, first of all, it lets us understand God's timing better. I think we become more patient people. And I think if you, if you meet farmers, like people that actually, that is what they do. That is their entire livelihood. They work very hard, but their timing, if you, if you see them, you watch them, they live at a slower pace when they're not actually tending to the fields, right? So when they're waiting, there's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of work, right? I mean, people that have farms, especially animals and plants, they're up early and they're working hard all day. But I think we understand God's timing better when we get our hands in the dirt. Next is, I think secrets or knowing is re- things are revealed to us through gardening, right? Through nature. We are having a better connection with God. We can we we feel more in touch with Him, and somehow touching our hands into the dirt. I truly think there's just this this bringing of information to us through this process, through us willing to be putting our hands into the dirt and nurturing these little seeds into plants. And I think also it helps remind us that the pace that life was meant to be lived, isn't how so many of us have been living it, right? Those of us that have gotten away from the land, from providing any of our own food to our families, so many of us are at, we're going at a break next speed, right? We're too overscheduled and we wonder why we're exhausted. It's because we're not slowing down to make and then produce and then provide for ourselves or our communities through the land. So I think it's just so lovely. And then I want to share a little bit of scripture with you sort of about this idea. So the first is Psalms or Psalm 104, 14, which says, 
He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. And I think that's so beautiful. And it just reminds us that God provides, right, for his people, for his creatures, that we don't have to worry, but he's also given us our minds and hands to also have these gardens and provide food for ourselves, you know, through his watering of the, uh, actually, that's another verse I wanted to share, um, Acts 14, 17, which says, he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness, right? So that's what I'm saying is God helps the plants grow. He created the seeds, right? And in the beautiful fruits and vegetables that they will give us in the shade, right? In the flowers and the beauty. And so we shouldn't forget that. And I think that is just so important. The other thing that I think came out of the gardening thing for me is this. If a garden takes consistent work, right? And we have to keep showing up and do, you know, we have to tend to it. We have to nurture it. Imagine then people who are so much more complex and important in our lives than the plants Imagine how much more tending and nurturing and pruning that they require. And the question I have for myself and for all of us is, are we truly tending to our relationships? Are we showing up every day, just like we are to our plants and making, you know, being that shepherd, if you will, like in our relationships. And I think once again, working in the garden reminds us having this beautiful harvest at the end in this continuous harvest, right, of replanting and having fruit and vegetable, it's the same with our relationships. It takes us watering the relationship. It takes our time. There's different stages of the relationship. You know, there's preparation, there's getting to know, and then there's putting in the effort. And so I just wanted to remind us of that because I think for too many of us, we get so busy in work in obligations, that the thing that comes last for a lot of us, or at least on a daily basis, is our most important relationships. They get the least amount of time sometimes. And so I just think it was important to mention that. And actually, my husband has definitely never been a gardener. I know lots of men that are, of course, but he's not. And I've just had a small little garden in the back before, but now we just added uh, three really big raised beds I can't remember the exact dimensions, but let's just say it's like seven by three and a half feet and maybe a six foot by three foot and another one that's a similar size. So he built those with our sons and then he filled them, you know, um, and they're about 21 inches high. So they're pretty deep. So he filled them up. Right. And he found out how you do that, you know, with filling the bottom with um, like old debris and things like that. And then he filled it with dirt from our yard. And then the very top couple inches is a mix of like peat moss and really good organic soil. And then of course I put other preparations in it, but he's super into it right now. You know, he's like, Oh, this will be great. Maybe, you know, we'll actually get some food and we'll be able to, you know, not have to buy those things at the store. So I'm seeing that he's, he's coming along right for the journey. And I actually see this as an opportunity that's going to bring us together in this, this process of learning and being, becoming, you know, better gardeners. In the past, my little garden beds are much lower to the ground. They're only raised maybe six inches or something off the, you know, off the ground. Well, and for those, he's never really, I mean, he put a fence, a little fence around it for me and some things like that, but that's about as much of the interest he had. 
but he's already having more interest in it. And he's already shown people the garden beds he made and things like that. So once again, I think we're going to have another connection point in this garden and watching it grow and then seeing the harvest we can get from it, from learning about the soil and the nutrients and how to combat pests and disease. We're in a learning season, right? So we just did the preparation and now we're starting to tend to the garden. We have to keep learning about gardening, right? As we go through this and talk to other people and start building this, getting connected into the community of gardeners, right? And it's the same with our spiritual journey. We need to be connected with community that can support us in our growth and in our trials or tribulations, in our waiting, in our wondering. We need to continue to pick up, you know, the Bible and scripture and allow it to speak into our lives, allow those promises to come forth for us. And so, like I said, I think gardening is so aligned and it was meant to be with God and his kingdom and the pace of life we are supposed to keep. And I think there's a big movement of people that are starting to garden more. They're starting to do homesteading and there's multiple reasons for this, but it's a beautiful thing. It's, and there's always been people that have been homesteading and doing gardens, but it seems over the last many years, there's a big movement towards that. Just like there's been more home churches being um, cropping up over the years, you know, and that's been throughout time. Of course, there's always been home churches, but it's, it seems there's a resurgence in, in recent years again of that. And so with the homesteading and the gardening, what I love about it is people are realizing, oh my gosh, the cost of everything is so expensive and we have no control over it if they can't get something, right? But if we start making more stuff ourselves on our own land, we are able to provide for our family and maybe for our community, right? If you live on a bigger property. And so I think it's a beautiful thing. I love that it's that movement is getting bigger and I'm excited for the things I'm learning. And I've always tried new things. I've made kombucha before and I've you know done other things like that. But I think anything we can learn, uh, skills we can learn, use our hands, we can keep the knowledge going that the generations before us knew. I think it's super important, right? The passing down of information. And so, like I said, I would just encourage you, if you've never gardened, maybe this coming spring, dabble at it, right? Like if for nothing else, I think it will connect you more to nature and more to God. And I think that you'll, so many secrets, so much information will be revealed to you if you actually decide to step into gardening. And if you garden now and you've never thought about the connection, the spiritual connection to it, then I would say, you know, take a little more time when you're gardening and when you're thinking about your garden, about this piece, you know? And so the last thing I will leave you with is, oh, let's see, two things. One is, I love this quote by Anne Lamott, which says, time and showing up turn most messes to compost and something surprising may grow. Hmm. So good. So here's what I think about that. As I said, for our gardens to grow and our relationships, our connection to God, right? Our faith, they take time. They take us putting in the time. They take us showing up, being an active participant. And even in the struggles, even in the hard and the messy bits, 
if we allow it, those things will become things that are turned into something uh, more beautiful, something that grows us, something better comes from it. And believe me, I'm learning about compost piles. I bought a composter many years ago, but we haven't used it in years. So I've been starting on that and it's messy and it's a little icky, right? Because there's all these fruit and vegetable bits and old flowers and, you know, leaves and grass in it and stuff. So it's kind of, it, my, my compost pile is very new. So it's kind of like, ick, right? It looks like a mess. But by spring, even though I'm new at it, you know, it might not be perfect, but by spring, this will be this amazing nutrient-filled soil that will make my garden grow better. And it's much like life. So remember, time, putting in your time and the effort, the energy, showing up to whatever you're going through, eventually turns these messes in our life to something more beautiful, to to growth, to future change. And so I think that's just important. And I love that she talks about, I think it's, I think she calls it spiritual composting. And I think that's just lovely. And then the last thing I'll say is um, it's Jeremiah 29, five, which says, build us houses, dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. So I love that visual of, you know, us coming together or being in, you know, in a home and dwelling there, you know, in God dwelling there and then having these gardens and eating the fruit that God's provided, right? The abundance he's provided that's available to us. And of course, always the abundance that we'll find the everlasting life with his scripture and with, um, you know, our relationship with Jesus. And so anyways, that's what I want to talk to you about today. This episode was late because I just couldn't get it done yesterday. You know, but sometimes I've had to learn. I just have to wait until it all comes together, <laughs> much like that compost pile. And yesterday, it just wasn't coming together for me. You know, it would have been a different episode. So I think right now is when it was meant meant to happen, meant to be so I could publish it shortly. And so two last things I want to t- say to you. First is, if you haven't already, Go to kristenfitch.com and join my uh, email list because I want to send you encouragement and Christian inspiration. And I want to send you, you know, things that will just help you in your faith journey and in your life. And if you're working on growing a business or just getting working through getting through big hurdles. So pop over there and do that. And the next thing is, or related to that is I will be coming out with a devotional in the coming months. And I would love for you to check that out. I'll be having some previews and some downloadable things and probably in the next month. So if you're on my email list, you'll get to hear about that and get the first um, info and freebies. As always, I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope this episode in some way lifts you up or blesses you. And if you think this will really resonate with someone else, I would love it if you shared the episode with them. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.